Hello and welcome to another installment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Marco Figueroa, Senior Management, Cybersecurity, Risk and Compliance for the Australian Institute of Company Directors. Marco, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Ed. The pleasure is mine. To start, can you tell us a little about your role? I'm currently working for the Australian Institute of Company Directors uh, based in Sydney, and um, I'm working as a senior manager for cybersecurity, risk and compliance. The Australian Institute of Company Directors is the largest uh, membership organization in the world. Its core objective is to strengthen society through world-class governance practices. My role involves planning, implementing, and monitoring the effectiveness of information security efforts to mitigate technology risk. This position proactively seeks matching corporate risk appetite with residual risk. What can you share with us about your organization's current goals in the cybersecurity space? In the context of the APAC region and the Australian threat landscape, all businesses regarding activity type, line of business and size cannot ignore this other threat. Corporate Australia witnessed in 2022 the biggest data breaches in Australian history. The threat is real and cannot be ignored. If we look back to May 2017, Australia was watching the events that occurred in Europe and North America with WannaCry ransomware. Today that has changed. Corporate Australia is not longer watching but hardening cyber safeguards to mitigate the known and also unknown threats. Generally speaking, AICD efforts is similar to all other organizations in defending and protecting critical assets in cyberspace. The cyber effort is engineered to align corporate and cyber objectives acting as an enabler to facilitate the expected organizational outcomes and that is delivering superior services to our customers in a resilient, secure, and structured fashion. If I go to a bit further, um, I would say that the, um, for any organization in Australia, there will be five security threats that are common across all industries. The first one is the social engineering threat we, will, we have seen and we continue seeing how this threat um, penetrates um, in organizations, uh, multinationals, government, etc. Um, ransomware and DDoS attacks, um, it's going to, um, there is no need to explain what, what is ransomware or DDoS attacks. We have seen this extensively in 2022. And unfortunately, the prediction is that we will continue uh, witnessing this, these events. The third one is around cloud misconfiguration. And as companies um, move digital resources into the cloud, there will be some misconfigurations that will be exploited by um, cyber adversaries. The fourth one is around uh, weak data protection and access management practices. Um, there are many organizations that are not even um, 
today not even use um, two-factor authentication. And um, that is um, just um, a little example to illustrate um, what do I mean with weak access management practices. And also data protection acknowledging that the new perimeter is the identity, is not so much the, um, um, the um, individual is um, a, um, the individual plus the tool, the device that the um, employee staff or, or individual is using to connect to cloud services. And the very last one is uh, third party vulnerabilities, which resonates very well with supply chain management. So I think these cyber threats um, are across all industries and to some degree, each organization will have many different ways to mitigate um, the risks. 2023, of course, follows a very, very eventful year for cybersecurity in 2022. How would you reflect on the year that was? Well, without a doubt, uh, 2022 record this, recorded the largest data breaches in Australian history. Um, in my judgment, um, it has been an eye-opener for boards, governments, and stakeholders that Australian businesses, government agencies, and public in general are under constant attack by cyber criminals and also by state-sponsored actors. One positive outcome of what we witnessed in 2022 is the level of awareness on cyber risks. Um, and that to me is uh, important because if you are not aware of the risks, you will not be able to either understand or mitigate those risks. So um, I think we need to learn from what happened in 2022 and um, go back to the basics and uh, go back to those uh, five top threats that we reviewed just um, a few minutes ago and see whether our control safeguards and protocols are engineered to stop or mitigate um, these threats. How do you see 2023 shaping up in the months ahead for cybersecurity? Unfortunately, I have to say that we will see ransomware um, in the same way or even in a greater scale um, as we witnessed in 2022. Um, we are only finishing the third month in 2023 and the amount of ransomware organizations that have been hit by this um, um, by this threat is um, really uh, alarming. Um, it's not just in Australia, but also overseas. Um, large organizations um, particularly um, have the um, biggest, um, are the biggest contributors to spread um, information that shouldn't be disclosed to anyone other than the um, um, account um, holder. So for me, is um, ransomware is going to remain with us and uh, organizations need to uplift their controls to mitigate um, the risk of ransomware. Um, also, the war continues in, um, in Europe and um, 
that has triggered um, alarm in um, Asia Pacific, but specifically in Australia, because we have seen um, efforts from state-sponsored um, actors actively targeting Australian organisations. So um, what, how do I see 2023 shaping? Well, it's going to be a battle in cyberspace. And those who win that battle are those who will be taking um, the threat mitigation and uh, threat analysis um, in, in a great level of detail. And to be able to articulate these uh, threats to the boards, explaining this to boards, it's absolutely crucial. If boards can understand the message that um, CISOs or heads of security or, or equivalent um, um, they will be able to act and approve um, those programs of work that are well overdue. Uh, those who will struggle are those who are not able to articulate this to um, business audiences. And those who are able to succeed is, are those who um, can translate um, these um, this risks, these threats in terms of uh, business language, and that is using the risk language that um, the executives will be familiar with and they will be able to, to relate to the level of um, attention that they should be paying to approve these programs of work that are well overdue and well required for their organizations. Let me ask you a question now surrounding zero trust. What are the foremost factors that an organization like the AICD needs to think about when pursuing a zero trust strategy? Let me um, begin with explaining what zero trust is. Zero trust is a term that is used in many different contexts and um, depending on the context um, can have a different meaning. But generally speaking, a zero trust um, strategy is a defense in depth um, um, strategy. And what that means is that uh, all the controls are layered. So for example, if control one fails, then control two will kick in. And if control two fails, control three kicks in. So um, if we have um, a, a number of controls layered, um, that will give us um, a better chance to succeed in the cyber, in the cyber war. Um, the fundamental aim of zero trust is to enable adaptive uh, controls based on risk. So it's no longer the password and um, credential user ID. You will need to be challenged all the way through when the system alerts the, uh, the user that um, the user is doing things that are not normal and that behavioral activity has to be challenged to authenticate the user. Um, and this is, this is done to validate the identity of the actor, the person who claims to be the account holder. Identity is not only the most important element in a zero trust framework, it is the new perimeter. When it comes to the Australian cybersecurity landscape, what pleases you about its present positioning? The severity of the current cyber threat landscape has been acknowledged by 
um, federal government and state governments and industry in general. And that is creating the level of awareness that um, um, it deserves. In my view, this is the beginning of the superseded complacent era to signal new thinking, awareness, and attitudes. Also, new privacy laws are progressing through the appropriate government channels, whereby new penalties for not safeguarding data are about to be introduced in 2023. Uh, similarly, the new risk management protocol for organizations running critical infrastructure are also in the pipeline. Early this year, there was an article published by the Australian uh, Financial Review that stated that um, ASIC, the Australian government um, agency, will be looking for evidence to demonstrate that targeted organizations took reasonable steps and made reasonable investments proportionate to the risks that the businesses possess to defend themselves from this kind of attack. And I think that wording coming from ASIC is so important because it's verbalizing the fundamental aim of cybersecurity. It's talking about um, assets and it's talking about um, how do we um, protect those assets and um, in, in accordance with uh, risk appetite. So that is the evidence that not only ASIC will be seeking, um, but there will be many other large um, government agencies asking for similar outcomes. So the level of threat is, is, is understood. Now the next step is what are organizations doing to um, mitigate um, those, those threats based on existing risk appetite. On the other side of the coin, what concerns you? What work do you think remains to be done when it comes to the Australian cybersecurity landscape? When we search for best practice in, in the cyber field, we find that the most progressive organizations around the world, including Australia, have created the role of the Chief Information Security Officer. This is a role at the C-level, it's an executive role, and this is uh, the champion to um, methodically um, lead the uh, cyber risk discussions across the organization. A CISO or equivalent that sits three to four levels down from the CEO will not be able to balance responsibility and authority um, in order to achieve success. I think this is uh, something that some organizations, including government agencies, have already started to do, but there is a long way. And that is to view the, the cyber function outside the traditionally um, technology role. Um, as uh, many um, um, people have um, verbalized the feeling that um, there is a segregation of duties conflict because under the current um, organization structure, if cyber reports to the IT function, then um, things will get moving at, um, at a different pace. If the cyber function has the authority to be able to 
move along and be positioned as a C-level executive, then there will be better chances for this individual to succeed in their organizations because he will be voicing the, um, the need to, to take immediate action. Um, and that to me is something that we haven't seen fully in, in Australia. Uh, we have seen some movements, but there is a lot to be done. Marco, I, I know from our prior conversations, you have an enduring interest surrounding how the impact of economic uncertainty can have a bearing on the maintenance and improvement of cybersecurity processes. It's of course the case that no time is ever certain, but indeed by many measures, major incidents in recent years like the outbreak of the pandemic, among other factors, have of course contributed to a greater uncertainty than has been seen in many years prior, and there will be, there will be new costs such as those surrounding compliance to deal with going forward in Australian cybersecurity organisations. Can you share your thoughts on this present dynamic? Most certainly. So typically, um, if, if, we, if we relate these questions to the previous one, when we were talking about uh, the role of the CISO um, as a C-level executive, uh, let me put this question in, into perspective. And that is typically when organisations um, are facing a downturn um, in the um, economic um, landscape, they will reduce budgets. And typically um, the technology budget is assigned as a percentage of net sales revenue. Um, so when it comes to re uh, a reduction of budgets, um, this is exactly what will happen. The budget overall will be reduced to contain expenses, et cetera, et cetera. By saying that, if um, the cyber function remains in, in IT, uh, guess what? The cyber budget will also be reduced. And these are the times when we cannot afford to stop investing in uh, appropriate controls to mitigate risk. Because if we do, we will fail to protect the uh, cyber assets that the custodians uh, this is very important. But now coming back to the most recent um, uh, question, uh, the Global Cybersecurity Outlook uh, 2023 Insight Report that was published by the World Economic Forum in collaboration with Accenture and published um, in 2023 states um, in the executive summary um, perhaps for me is the most important finding. And this is that how far organizations have got to, um, have got to um, help to translate cyber risk into communications that C-suites and boards of directors can use effectively. So this is the biggest finding, the biggest gap, and that is that this is a, a strength, this is a skill that is found missing across the world. And certainly in Australia, um, 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 this also applies. So the, um, the old um, era in which um, um, we were presenting um, technology, um, performance indicators is gone 
whatever we present to, to the board has to be translated into, into, into a risk and that risk needs to be quantified. And that is how the uh, CISO or equivalent will be empowered to be more influential across all these discussions um, in all um, environments and with many different um, audiences, whether it's the C-suite's peers, the board of directors, or staff in general. Um, this, is, this is something very, very important. I think this is um, um, a situation that has been acknowledged globally. And also in, in Australia, there is agreement that this is something that is missing. Um, there are many organizations moving towards that path to empower the, the CISO role at the C, at the C level. Um, but there is a long way to go. Uh, there, there is um, a lot of work to be done to be able to use that, um, that position um, as a competitive advantage of the organization. What insights would you share specifically with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field? There is one thing that um, I have seen in the, in the last few years that Australia has increased activity in sharing. And um, I'm glad to see the level of dynamics across uh, multiple um, groups of professionals in many different organizations sharing and interacting um, by presenting new ideas, new concepts, and also things that worked and didn't work in um, specific um, environments and conditions. I think to me, this is one of the biggest um, opportunities that we have um, under our control. Uh, we need to be bold. We need to step up and um, validate our thinking with our professional peers. There might be um, some, some views that um, can challenge um, our thinking, but that's very good, that's important because we want to be able to perfect that view um, by streamlining and aligning um, thinking across many different industries and many different environments. Um, there are many ways to, to be heard. Uh, professional networks is one of them, and I found them extremely useful. Um, also, active participation in industry events is a must, and um, also by publishing um, papers. I think over the last 10 years in particular, I have seen a large amount of um, activity uh, promoting all these um, all these initiatives, and I think um, it's here to stay. We need to be able to verbalize our thinking, be challenged, and be humble to learn from uh, mistakes, from gaps, um, with the intention to even perfect those initial views by um, soliciting and also by um, implementing the feedback that has been received. And with that last question here, that brings us to the end of this conversation. Thank you to those in our audience. And Marco, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat. Thank you, Ed. Just as this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out for another instalment soon of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.